So earlier this week, uh, I was up in Stockbridge, Massachusetts for a couple of days. Um, that's where Norman Rockwell, the painter, uh, lived. He lived there the last 25 years of his life. Did a lot of his most famous paintings in Stockbridge. Uh, I, love, I love his paintings. Um, I just kind of love the, kind of like the values that he, he expressed in art. Just family and faith and country. Anyway, I went to, there's a museum. There's a museum up there. Um, has a lot of his, a lot of his most famous paintings. So I went, and I've been there a couple of times. I just love going. Uh, every time I go, I, I see something new. Uh, it's a painting that I've seen before, but you just kind of discover something new about it. I guess, you know, great things never get old, right? Anyway, uh, this particular time, I, I was looking at these, uh, this collection of paintings that he did back in the 1940s. They were called the, uh, the Four Freedoms. And uh, each painting depicts a different freedom that we all have a right to. Freedom of speech, freedom of worship, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. Speech, worship, want, and fear. Um, he painted these during the war, but they're actually based on a speech that President Roosevelt had given a couple of years before. Um, it was the State of the Union address in 1941, right before the war. Hitler was dominating Europe at this point. Freedom was under assault. So in this speech, FDR, which was totally directed at Hitler and Mussolini and the Japanese, all these bad guys, um, FDR said, hey, we have a right. All people have a right to these basic freedoms. Minimally, we have a right to these. To say what you want, to express yourself without fear of retaliation, without censorship. We have a right to pray and practice our faith and our religion. Freedom from want is like, uh, hey, we have a right to want basic stuff, minimal things like housing and clothing and food and basic medical care. And the last one is fear. Freedom from fear. Like we have a right to live in peace and not be afraid of war. These tyrant dictators were fundamentally trashing all these rights. FDR knew it, we all knew it, and he tried to address it this way. Ten minutes, ten, ten months after that speech, Pearl Harbor happens, and then we were in the war. But these paintings that Rockwell made became very famous. The originals, they, they, they went on tour around the country, they were reproduced a gazillion times, made millions of dollars for the, uh, the war effort. The least famous of these four is called the Freedom from Fear one. And the picture is interesting. It's got um, it's this couple, a mother and a father, and they're in uh, the bedroom of their, their kids. And they're standing over the bed. The kids are going to bed. 
Mom is tucking the kid in. Dad is just kind of, kind of standing there watching. And it's a beautiful image, very innocent, very Rockwell, very peaceful. And if you look at it, and you're like, okay, the title of this thing is Freedom from Fear. Like, what does this have to do with fear? Well, you got to look close. I think that's what makes these, this art kind of cool. Like, you got to look close well, and read about it, really, is what I did. I didn't even discover it on my own. I was reading a little commentary about it. The father in the, in the painting is holding a newspaper. And if you look at the headlines in the newspaper, now you understand what, what the whole fear thing is about. Of course, it's talking about bombings and horror. They're the two words you see, bombings and horror. And it's referencing London, Hitler was bombing London at the time, the Blitz. 40,000 civilians were killed. So Rockwell's point, I think, was basically this. Like, these kids in this, in this picture, this painting, this family, they should never know the fear of war. They should be free of fear. Free of fear. I mean, who's free of fear? <laughs> Is anybody free of being scared? What do we do with our fear? What do we let fear do to us? Are we f Is the painting accurate? Like, was FDR right on that one? Are we free from fear? You know, there's another artist, this uh, French guy from the 19th century. I know I sound like an art snob here. I know nothing. This is the only two things I know about art. But uh, this guy, James Tussaud, he, he reminds me a little bit of, of Rockwell. Same kind of, he was like an illustrator, very realistic stuff. He had a, a conversion. He was Catholic, but had nothing to do with faith. Went into a church one day late in his life and had this, he was just overwhelmed by the beauty of the church and had this moment and a conversion. And he started painting for the remainder of his career these biblical images. It's very cool stuff. All these images of the life of Jesus and Old Testament. He's got one painting that I love. It's really the only one that I know anything about. It's about St. Joseph. It's called The Anxiety of St. Joseph. And again, it's kind of like very realistic. He's, he's Joseph, and he's in his uh, carpenter shop. And it's kind of cool. He's like leaning like, he's like at, at his workbench, I guess. And he's leaning over it, kind of like this. And he's got a tool in his hand. And he looks like he's almost like, just it's like when you have a pen in your hand and you're kind of playing with it. You don't even know it. And in the distance, it's very busy. Hustle, bustle, all the people in the, in the, the community. A lot of traffic. But he's oblivious to it. He's clearly somewhere else. You just look at his face. And you could tell, my God, he's like so distracted. He's so not there. He's not hearing, seeing any of what's going on. The artist was trying to say he's anxious. That's the, that's the title of the, the painting, The Anxiety of Joseph. So he's scared. He's worried. I wonder, and this is what's kind of cool about art. You look at a painting, then you, then you can kind of like speculate about it. I wonder if that was Joseph 
the morning after this dream, this crazy dream that he had, the one that I just read about to you in the gospel. When this angel shows up in this dream and says, I need you to do this. I just need you to trust. He's scared. How could he not be? If he knew the, the dream was more than a dream, if he knew it was legit, can you blame him for being a little distracted at work the next day? Can you blame him for being a little, a little scared? He is scared, but he stays faithful. It's kind of the point. You know what? You know, when you look at these gospels, when these angels show up, same thing happened to Mary, the Annunciation. The angel shows up. The angel, what's the angel always saying to Mary and Joseph? Don't be scared. They're always saying, don't be afraid. I guess they were scared. <laughs> Why are they saying, don't be afraid, if they're probably not looking like they're scared to death? Jesus, every time he, Jesus showed up after he rose from the dead, the first thing he always said was like, peace, don't be afraid. They all must have been scared. But then we're told not to be. We're certainly not given to it. It's like, what do I do? Of course we're, we're, we have fears. We can't be free of fear. Man, but what we do with the fear that we've got this is priest, um, great writer. His name is Father Ron Rollheiser. Writes a lot of great spiritual stuff. I, I steal from him all the time. He's listened to this. This is what he said here. It's an article he wrote. He goes, recently in a radio interview, I was asked this question. If you were on your deathbed, what would you want to leave behind as your parting words? The question momentarily took me aback. I just wasn't expecting it. What would I want to leave behind as my last words. Not having much time for reflection, I settled on this. I would want to say, don't be afraid. Live without fear. Don't be afraid of death. Most of all, don't be afraid of God. I think he's on to something. I think he's on to this gospel. It's really what these God and angels, Jesus, kept saying over and over again. Like, don't be afraid. God is here. God is with us. God is never not here. And the difference between believing that God is here or maybe not, I think is the difference between like living a life where we are pretty often scared and one where we're just less often scared. Hey, remember, remember the miracle on the Hudson when that plane went down? Sully? Maybe, maybe somebody saw the movie, Tom Hanks. He landed that plane. He was so calm. He kept it together. The scene of the movie is awesome. Tom Hanks is just so, like, clearly scared, clearly anxious, but so together, so in control, when he really wasn't. But he was trained to be that way, Sullenberger. Pilots are, they call it deliberate calm. They're trained to deal with the reality of the plane going down, or the possibility of it. And what you do is, I don't know how you do this, easier said than done, but you sort of override 
the fear, the legitimate fear going on in your gut and in your head. And you override it with calm. You push back the fear. You don't let the fear be in the driver's seat. I remember when I was a kid, we had a, we had company over, my, my cousins and my aunt and uncle. And uh, the kids, we were all down in, my, we were down in the basement playing. And my dog at the time, or our family dog, well, she was down there too. She wandered into the, uh, she was hanging out in the, my father's workshop. And I'm hanging with my cousins and we're playing, whatever. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we can hear the dog, like this piercing, you know, like you, you accidentally step on a, 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 dog, uh, a dog's paw and it lets out this horrible yelp. Well, it was that, but like, it was like a siren. It wouldn't stop. It was like kind of horrifying. And then she comes out of the, into where we were. She was like running in circles. Like it was crazy. It was like just clearly something terrible was going on with the dog. And upstairs, my parents and my aunt and uncle heard it. You couldn't not. So they come down the stairs. I'll never forget it. My uncle led the way. And he goes down the stairs and he kind of like leaps over the banister to get there quicker. And he walked over, picked up the dog, and just kind of controlled it, held it, and then started looking around for what was going on. The dog had stepped on a huge uh, splinter. And every time it ran, it was like pushing the splinter further in. And he found it, and he pulled it out, and it was like over. Calm. Why so calm? Well, I know with my uncle, he was a total dog guy. He had them always. He's kind of like a dog whisperer type person. He really did connect with them. And he just sort of stayed calm in the moment. We were a wreck. We were like paralyzed. And he just came in and he saved the moment. Same thing with Sully. How did he land that plane on the Hudson? Calm. You know what? They knew their subjects. He knew what piloting was about. My uncle knew what dogs were about. They knew their subjects. And they survived. And they overcame. You know who knew their subjects? Joseph and Mary. Their subject was God. Their subject was faith. They knew much about God. And because of that, they said yes. And they didn't run. Why are so many people scared today? Why are so many people in our culture anxious? Like, I mean, this is a big question. You can't open a paper or listen to the news without reading some, a new survey. Kids especially, anxiety, everybody's scared seemingly, everybody's nervous. In some cases worse, like really worse, suicidal thoughts and actions. Why, why is this, this epidemic of fear? I think it's because they don't know God. When we know God, we are less scared. We just are, because we know we're not alone. They don't know God. They know lacrosse. They know hockey. But they don't really know God. And when they get to a certain point, when it hits the fan, they realize hockey's not going to save me, nor is lacrosse. 
And the one who can, the one who will, I don't know who that is. You know that Rockwell painting? Well, the war did happen, right? And it came to us. Fear couldn't be avoided. Fear is inevitable. Your first day of school, you're at the plate, two outs in the ninth, and you're at the plate. This game, we win or lose this game based on what you do at the plate. How could you not be scared? How could you not be scared a little bit on your first day of school? A job interview. You're waiting on results from the doctor and you're scared. Your 17-year-old just got their license and you're letting them go out on their own for the first time. How could you not be scared? Fear is inevitable. But what we do with it, that's our call. Sully landed the plane. So did my uncle. So did Joseph. So can we.